Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Rural hospitals were struggling even before the coronavirus. They serve a population that's older and sicker and poorer. Now elective procedures have been canceled. That's made an already tense financial situation even worse. St. Louis Public Radio's Rolla correspondent Jonathan All recently reported on the situation in a feature that aired last week. He interviewed Casey Lucas, the CEO at Salem Memorial District Hospital. Here's what Casey told him about the situation. Uh, we've seen a decrease in emergency room volume just because, you know, there's that fear of coming to the hospital and coming into the ER. And so, you know, in some departments, we're down to half. Uh, half the volume that we have seen over, you know, over the last year, if we take an average day uh, of, of uh, whether that's inpatient, definitely in the emergency room, we are, we are below half of our uh, normal capacity that we see. So uh, it's changed everything. And Casey Lucas says that while his hospital is okay, others are not. I think you're going to see a few of these hospitals that were, were, not doing well at the time, and this could be that thing that pushes them over the edge. I, I still, I don't think we've seen the the type of, of help uh, financially that would be a, a solution or even enough to sustain uh, these hospitals that are in in such a condition that, um, again, they were they were doing poorly when this hit, and, and it just made things worse. You know, without saying names, I know a hospital that's, that's teetering at this point and, and could probably go. And again, that's Casey Lucas, CEO of Salem Memorial District Hospital. And joining me to talk about the bigger picture here is St. Louis Public Radio's Rolla correspondent, Jonathan All. His story is now live on our website, stlpublicradio.org. Jonathan, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Sarah. So your story focuses on critical access care hospitals. What does that term officially mean? Well, and, I, and I'm glad that you brought that up because anytime that you talk about rural anything, one of the big frustrations that we have um, is how do you define rural? Because rural can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Mm. So when it came to hospitals, it was really convenient to look at critical access hospitals. This is a designation that was created in 1997 by the federal government for hospitals that have 25 beds or fewer, are at least 35 miles away from the nearest hospital, have a 24-7 ER. Hmm. Uh, There are are, uh, 35 of them in Missouri and 57 in Illinois. And so it gave us a really simple definition of what kind of hospitals we were talking about. So we're talking about very small hospitals, but ones that are there all the time and ready to take people. And the feds came up with this definition. Um, they obviously think these are these are critical in their word. Exactly. I mean, especially because of the ER function, the staffing requirements, and really what they're designed to do is handle the stuff that they can handle, but also be able to stabilize people and move them to another hospital when they need more advanced care. So a lot of them have uh, agreements with bigger hospitals, with uh, uh, air travel to like life flight people to another hospital. So they're really, they're really designed to be the first line of defense for rural areas. So we're now in the middle of this pandemic. Um, have any of the ones you talked to seen a big onslaught in cases related to the coronavirus? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, that's the thing is that, that, that one of the early narratives that I think we all heard was that 
oh boy, when it gets to the rural areas, these small hospitals are going to be overwhelmed. And that hasn't happened. Uh, because in most rural counties, uh, the the uh, the confirmed cases are still in the single digits. Dent County, Texas County, they still have none. Not a single confirmed case of coronavirus in the entire county. Wow. So they, they haven't been out, you know, it hasn't, and, and I don't want to say it's not here, I'm just talking about confirmed cases. Sure. But no hospitalizations, no deaths, and no not even any confirmed cases. So what happened were these little hospitals, they had time. They had time to be able to say, okay, what might happen, how do we need to be ready, and what do we need to do? So unlike a lot of major urban areas where the onslaughts came so quickly, these small hospitals had time, so they were ready even though they've seen few to no patients with coronavirus. So what kind of preparations have they been making, assuming that at some point they are going to get some of these cases? The big ones are, you know, it's a very, the first one is very simple, and that is, how do you get people into the hospital and where they need to go without infecting anyone else? Mm-hmm. So it really has more to do with logistics and procedures, like where do, you, where do the patients show up, where are they moved next, and where are they moved next? That, that sounds kind of simple, but if you think about a hospital and how quickly things happen, having those procedures down and having all of your staff get it, that's critical. The next thing is what we call negative pressure rooms. To treat someone with coronavirus, one of the best ways to keep the infection at bay is to create what is called a negative pressure room. And that means that the air pressure is lower inside than it is outside. Hmm. So that means that the air stays in there and that it's less likely to go out of that room. So they have to create uh, negative pressure rooms. Third, they got to get ventilators. A lot of these places didn't have any or they had one. So they had to be able to do that. And then the other one is, you know, what we've been hearing is the gear. They have to have masks, gowns, face shields, all of those kinds of things. So those were kind of the big ones that they had to do. And we've heard so much about how even the the hospitals here that are dealing with tons of coronavirus cases have had trouble getting the protective gear that they need. What about these rural hospitals? Have they had a good pipeline to that kind of stuff? Well, yes and no. I mean, they haven't had, it's not like they've been getting more than their fair share, but it's just that they're, since they're not using them, mm-hmm. they're able to, you know, make sure that they know that they use them exactly when they need to and that they have supplies that are ready to go. Unlike a big place where, you know, the, the cases came in immediately and then they were going out the door as quickly as they were coming in. So it's not like those small hospitals are, have been hoarding or they've just been careful with what they have and allocating it carefully so that they know how to use it. In the St. Louis area hospitals, the people we've spoken to have said that they have to treat every single person coming through the door as if they might have the coronavirus. Is that being done in these areas where they still don't even have confirmed cases yet? Absolutely. You know, I mean, if you go into any medical office, even in rural areas, they take your temperature, they ask you about symptoms, they do all the screening, and they're, you know, you, know, you have to have a mask, they have masks. So, yes, it, the, the preventive uh, things are still going on, even though, because you never know who the next person is going to come in and whether they have it, and, and that one person can start the chain reaction of, of an outbreak. Mm. Now, the flip side of all this, so they have not been busy with the coronavirus cases, which I guess is a good thing, but then there's also this mandate uh, to cancel all elective and non-emergency procedures, procedures. And Tony Swarm, who's the president at Missouri Baptist Sullivan, he described to you uh, the toll that that has taken on his hospital. You know, it's, it's a hit. You know, the majority of our business as a small rural hospital is is outpatient business. Uh, and so and that's a lot of what it's been um, 
canceled when we decided not to do elective procedures. But, you know, one of the things I do know is we've got a great team here at Sullivan and we will plan and adapt through that. And, you know, you might hear some of the funds that are being allocated to the hospitals that won't even come close to replacing the revenue that we've lost. So we've got some tough days ahead of us, but we'll get through it. And that's Tony Swarm, president of Missouri Baptist Sullivan. Uh, He mentioned some support uh, that had been coming their way. Has the government done anything specifically for these critical access care hospitals? Not specifically. I mean, you know, much of the focus has been on, um, you know, the big urban hospitals that are really inundated with these cases. I think this is more like lighting a fuse that could go off later because, you know, as Tony said, um, you know, it's simple math. The, the big revenue source has been eliminated. Costs have gone up. And for a rural hospital, it's, it's tough to make a go of it as a rural hospital as it is. Add this onto it, and it could put some of them in risk of closure. So, yeah, I mean, Casey Lucas referenced a hospital that he knows that he didn't name uh, that he said was, quote, teetering. Um, do you think we are going to see some of these critical access care hospitals close? Before coronavirus hit, There were two different studies looking at uh, small rural hospitals and their financial situation. And even before the pandemic outbreak, from data from late last year, there were predictions that both in Missouri and Illinois, you could see some rural hospitals close. And that was before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that that, the odds are, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd say that that the ones that were struggling before, this could be the thing that could take them down. Hmm. Now, you talked to Congressman Jason Smith. He's a Republican representing Cape Girardeau. Um, What would he like to see happen um, on a federal level to help these hospitals? One of the things that was in the Early Cares Act was uh, kind of another low-interest loan program for hospitals to help them through this. Hmm. And the congressman's point was rural hospitals don't need another loan. <laughs> that they're, you know, they, they already have lots of loans. They need loan forgiveness if this means that they're going, you know, they need the loan, but then they need the loan forgiveness if not making the payments means they have to shut their doors. So do you think we'll see any movement towards that? I mean, Smith is a Republican. Does he have the federal government's ear? Um, it's hard to say. Uh, one thing that I know about, you know, covering rural issues that I have for many, many, many years is that rural representatives in Congress do not have necessarily the greatest amount of clout mm-hmm. because, they, you know, that it's a lot fewer people. Um, but, you know, there have also been some moments where things do come through for rural areas. So I don't have any special insight to it. Um, I do know that, uh, that there are Republicans and Democrats that represent rural areas that want to see some of these things happen. I think it has less to do with party, and I think it has more to do with, with all of the stresses and the demands on the federal government right now. Where is rural hospitals falling in the priority list? Boy, that's a great point, and I, it sounds like this is one where we're just going to have to keep an eye on the situation. And, and Jonathan, we are going to count on you to do that for us. And my pleasure to do it. Well, Jonathan All of St. Louis Public Radio's Rolla Bureau, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.